Okay, let's open our Bibles. Today we are going to talk about a story that you already know, a parable that you already know. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. And as I start talking about this uh, parable, I'm going to give you some extra information that you need to know in order to understand the parable even better probably. All right. The parable has to do with you and me, I want to tell you. Chapter 25, verse 20, uh, chapter 25, verse 1, as you know, and even you probably even have a subtitle, is about the 10 what? Run. It's not about the 10 virgins. And that's one of the things that you also need to know. I always thought about that, about the 10 virgins. The problem with that is that some people have been taking the term virgins and saying, you see, the church needs to be like a virgin, pure and all of that. And it's not talking about that. When you read this passage, first of all, it's not about the virgins. It's about the bridesmaids. It's a whole different story. When they translate the Bible, automatically the person who translates, whoever, King James, for NIV, whatever, they automatically thought, well, they are bridesmaids, and back in those days, they used to get, you know, married really young. They must be, what? Virgin. But when you go to the original, you don't find that. You find more the bridesmaid talking about the person. It's not about exactly why they are virgins or nothing like that. So it's about the ten what? Okay, that's one thing. Second thing that you need to know. When we read this, chapter 25, is also this, this parable is also part of a conversation that Jesus Christ is having with his disciples. It's not different. Let's go back to chapter 24, verse 1. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him and to him to call his attention to its buildings. Number two, do you see all these, all these things? He asked, I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Number three, as Jesus was sitting in the mountain, in the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him, what? This message today and this whole, this chapter 24 and 25, is specifically made for those followers of Christ. And we can even say it's made for the church, for the orange church. This is not one of those sermons or one of those talks that he's having in front of his disciples and more people. He's only having this conversation with his disciples. Now, do that make a difference? Yes. It's been a very personal message to each one of them and to you and me. Because it's going to be the reality that we are probably living today. Knowing that, let's go back to chapter 25. And I'm going to start reading verse number 1. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10, what? Yes who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. I'm going to stop there. Your Bible says lambs, right? You, you have a Bible, you says lambs? Anybody else something, says something different? 
everyone says lambs. The problem with that is that, again, I'm going to break that bubble thing. More and more, we are believing that they were not lambs. The word that is being used there to also mention as lamb is the same word that is also used when you read the story about Jesus being what? Apprehended by all the soldiers and they were coming with what? So people, people that are reading this, they said, one minute, they are not lambs. Lambs back in those days were used only inside the house because they were a little bitty, titty flame. You know, like, okay, let's move around. But a torch, you use it outside. And the way that this parable is saying is not lambs, but torch. They have something bigger with a handle, and they have something in top already with oil that they just put the fire and let's go. Now, is that depressing so far or what? We are changing so many things. And you probably will say, Pastor, you're changing so many things. I'm not changing things. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. But these are translations. And that's why, brothers and sisters, please, you study. When you study the Bible, go a little bit deeper on what just a translation says. They were men like you and me. They were inspired by God, but even so, they were using the best thing that they had at that time. So now I'm going to read that verse again. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. Do you know why? Keep reading. The foolish ones took their lambs, but did not take any oil with them. They did not take any oil with them. Second part. The wise, verse number four, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all came drowsy and fell asleep. There's a lot to say about that moment. First of all, this story is very close to what they used to do back in those days. But it's not as close as we are supposed to be reading this. First of all, we don't know anything about the bride. Do you know where's the bride? Doesn't mention anything about the bride. How can you have a wedding without a bride? Who are you marrying? Second of all, they all were waiting. These ten bridesmaids were waiting someplace. Where is that place? That, that doesn't mention where is that place that they were waiting? Back in those days, they said that they have this part of celebration where everybody was waiting in the father's, sorry, in the groom's father's house, in the parents' house. So by knowing that, many people said they were probably waiting, I mean, were waiting in the father's house right there where the groom was supposed to be getting. And hopefully, and only hopefully, because the story doesn't say anything about that, only hopefully, also, who was there? The bride, hopefully. So this 
young bridemaids were there waiting. And the story says, if you reread it again, if you want, they live to receive who? The bridegroom or the groom? They go outside to receive them. But then the story says uh, that they fell asleep. And questions here that we all have is, do they fell asleep where? In the streets? They fell asleep because he was coming late. And he shows up later on at about midnight. Let me tell you what happened there. This is what, you know, it's, just, it's just amazing. They said, the, and I'm going to give you an example. And I'm going to reread again because I want you to get it. When these moments come here, I have to reread it for you and then do something here, something else here. At that time, I'm going to reread number one and all of that. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them, by that verse, that doesn't mean that they are already outside. The way they are telling the story is like me tell you this. The story of Dante Marufo, uh, this is the story of Dante Marufo when he crossed the border as an illegal alien here in the United, in, uh, in the United States. One day he was in his house. That, that means he was in his house in the United States or in Peru. According to the story, I was in Peru. I already give you kind of like the introduction by telling you, you know, this is what is going to be the story about me crossing the border illegally, but I'm going to start my story by when I was in Peru. And then I came, and you know, I flew all the way to Mexico. I got together with some youth, and then we all jumped in a bus, and we all drove man, many hours to the border, and then we ran to the border, and he got caught, all that. You know that. You know the story. And I'm not, all of those who are visitors are probably amazed, but uh, that happened to me. Isn't the Lord amazing? Don't ask me. He's the one calling people. He probably will call you. Anyway, so it's like that. So this is very much the same thing. He's telling you the stories about these, you know, these, these maids. They, they, you know, they, they are waiting. They are going to be waiting. It's going to be there. They're going to go out and wait for the groom. But then he goes back and saying, they fall asleep. They didn't fall asleep on the street. People who study this passage say they probably fall asleep in the house. They were using the same lamps, the same torches to probably light some of the house. And they fall asleep because it was early. He was supposed to be here in time. He probably was Hispanic. I don't know. He was late. We are all the time late. Well, not all the time. I, think, I try not to be late. They fall asleep, and, you know, because they were waiting, then they realize. When the Bible text also said, then they realize that somebody starts calling everybody. Okay, I'm going to read that part. Number six. At midnight, the cry ran out. If you read a cry, it's going to be how? How do you cry? But he's not crying. We know that he's not talking about crying. Do you think he's talking about crying? Do you think they're going to go, <laughs> the groom is here? <laughs> That's sad. We know, you see, very much is the same idea. When you read some passages, you need to know what it is. We know in English that when they say the cry ran out, it's not, I mean, nothing to do with crying, but to what? 
Yes. How come this verse never used shout? Hello, the groom is coming. Hello, the groom. He's like, honey, we should have do that 21 years ago for our wedding. Can you imagine coming in the middle of church? Dante is here. Dante is here. The pastor will probably say, shh, you are at church. What? Dante is here. Come on, everybody. Wake up. Wake up. That person was trying to make sure that everybody knows he is there. And why he was trying to make sure that everybody knows he is there. Why? Because they are what? Let me give you something more about that. We usually treat sleeping and a church that is sleeping as something bad. The church is sleeping, needs to be wake up. The church needs to be awake. And we usually treat sleeping as something wrong. And here we have these ten unwise, the foolish ones. <laughs> you are a foolish. And five who are supposed to be wise, and they all ten were sleeping. Nothing to do that, okay, you know what, the wise ones, they are so wise, they're going to be awake. They fall asleep. They were sleeping. Now, you keep hearing all of this, okay? Because there's a message very clear for you and me. They were sleeping. That means that at these days, maybe the church is going to be sleeping. Wise people at church who are getting close to God every day, who are devout people, who they, you know, they are humble people, they give their lives to Christ, but they fall asleep. And there are going to be someone who doesn't even care about Christ, but they keep coming to church. They even saw they're going to fall asleep. We are all in the same, what? Level. We are all on the same level. So far, we are all at the same level. Here we go. Let's keep reading. Okay, number six. At midnight, the cry ran out, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Number seven, then all the what? Thank you. All the bridesmaids woke up and trimmed their lamps. You see, and that word even trimmed, they said, that's what it means. Just precisely, that's why. Because you don't just go there and do the thing. To, you, know, you do trimming, you move the thing there, you put your fire, let's go out. They prepared their torches to go out to receive the groom who was coming soon. And they want to have this path of beautiful light so that way everybody will know he is here. Have you, have you seen my torch? He is here. Come. Somebody being really loud and some people trying to call the attention to everybody. Here he is. He is coming. The Bible text also said, then all the virgin woke up and trimmed the lamps. All of them, not only five, all of them. The foolish, number eight, the foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. By that, only by that, We have many people who have 
they think sometimes, and I say they think because it's not probably clear even so for so many, they think that by saying it's running out, meaning they did have some oil in their lamps, but, they, you know, but they, it was running out the oil, and now they were looking for some extra oil. And that's why they went and talked to the wise, the, 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 the wise bridemaids. And you know what? Some people think that when they left the house, they really didn't have that much oil. They waste all the oil at the house. By the moment they were outside, they didn't have anything. But the ones who were smart, they knew that they waste much of the oil inside with the fire, so they grab what? The little jars with oil so they can go outside and when they need it, they just put it there. Because if you read the first verse, the verse number uh, one, sorry, yeah, no, no, the, first, the verse number three, the Bible says the foolish ones took their lamps, but what? Did not take any oil with them. No oil at all. And that way of translating that part, they say they didn't take any oil in the lamp, or sorry, in the torch. It was running out. They just went out like that. You know why they think that? They think that for many reasons. But I'm going to give you an example. An example. When you are driving in a freeway, and you know this one, many of you, all of you drive. You're driving really happy, your music, and then you see this light blinking, ding, 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 or whatever it's gonna do, whatever is the sound that you have in your car. The new ones probably they even have a lady talking, your gas is running out, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, at these days, technology, I don't know. But you have this signal that is telling you you are running out of gas. And if you have, because that, that happened to me, if you have a Japanese car, you know what you do? I still have a little bit more. I know that I reached the last line, and even so, I have more. If, you run, if you're driving an American car, the ones at least before, is if you are in line, that's it. You get stuck. And that happened to me. When years ago I was driving one of those riders, you know, the rental trucks, the yellow ones, they used to be the yellow ones. And I remember it was there carrying stuff out, still had, dun, dun, oh, I still have a few miles. Why do I want to get off the freeway with all this traffic, then come back nice? Nah, and then you feel the shaking. Not the dancing, and it wasn't the shaking the Lord was giving me, it was the shaking that the car was running out of gas. And you're just moving. We usually have that idea. You know what? I can still make it. It's no problem. And people that read this passage, they said, these foolish women, they were thinking the same way. Oh, I still have a little bit. I use it there. I'm going to have enough. I mean, how long is it going to take? By the moment I go outside... And he comes and let's go in. It's not going to be bad. 
But if you read the story, everybody, all those lights, the lights, all the lights, all the, sorry, the fire, ran out, runs out at the same time very much. But they were wise people. That they took some extra oil with them. Listen. The Bible also mentioned, after they said, verse number 8, the foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going, lamps are going out. Lamps, no, torches, as I'm telling you. Number nine, they said, no, they replied. There may, be, may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. Is that mean or what? Every time we read that parable, we know that the oil, the fire has a meaning. And for many, I don't know for you, that oil is the one thing that you can only possess that is going to keep you alive. And by the reason, um, um, why am I saying that, that you can only possess that going to keep your life? These women were not trying to be selfish by saying, no, 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 you go and get your own oil. This is mine. They were trying to make sure, to some point, according to the parable, to try to keep at least having some fire. If they share, what about if in the middle of the, of the, of the parade with the groom, they all run out of fire? What about if at least five of them keep having fire? I'm not going to share my oil with you. But more than that, more than that, that oil represents... Your personal relation with God. You cannot share that with anybody. You see, I cannot say, Carla, give me some of your, I mean, some of your relationship with God. Let me have it so I can still be bright. She's going to say, I can't give it to you because you need to get your own. Church. This is the huge mistake that we made. We made a huge mistake that we think we are those bridesmaids and we think, this is my church. My church is going to provide for me with these things and these things and these ministries and this Bible study and all of that. And I even heard some of the churches say, you know what? I don't go to those church because I don't grow. Hoping that they are going to be someone or the church even sharing that oil when the reality is that that oil is personal and you need to get it. Listen to me. You need to get your own oil. You need to get your own oil that is going to keep your fire alive. Don't think, you know, like, 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 like some parents, you know, uh, this is in general. This is in general here. Some parents, they bring, let's say, you know, I even mentioned uh, to a party sometimes, you know, to, you go to churches, you see parents even bringing their kids, saying, you know what, Caroline, here is my kid. Do a great job. When they finish that, the kids come home, they don't have any Bible study, they don't pray, they don't do anything. They only depend on what the church is going to be doing for those kids. That's why I'm telling you. That oil is personal. 
is yours to keep, is yours to get, and is for you to use that oil to keep your fire alive. More than that, more than that is that when I keep reading this Bible text, after number nine, after the, the wise, the, the wise uh, brain mage, they said, you know, go ahead and get, buy, buy it from some place. Verse number 10 also said, but while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The, 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 the bridemaids who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Who went in? The ones to what? And my Bible said, the ones who were ready. You see, when you read, and I'm not going to read it, when you read chapter 24 and 25, you have the disciples coming to Jesus and saying, can you tell us when all this thing is going to happen and what is going to happen? What events are going to happen? And Jesus answered that question not in the same order. He asked, he answered the question in a different order. He goes and says, all these things are going to happen. And among all the things that are going to happen, you remember, he says very clear, don't be afraid, you know, all these things are going to happen. He keeps sending the message. After that, he starts talking the time and hour, the day and hour, nobody what? And he keeps emphasizing that part, not only you know, at the end of chapter 24, also uh, when, when, when you, sorry, at the middle of chapter 24, but also he keeps giving examples, some other parables that you have not, I mean, you cannot be thinking about the time and the hour when this thing is going to happen. And for him to make sense of all the things he's saying, now he throws in a parable about being ready. And the first parable he uses is the ten bridemaids. Be ready. It's not about how you are going to get your oil. It's not about how foolish one is and how wise everything is about being ready. Now, if you and I don't get the, 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 the idea about getting ready, I'm going to give you a simple idea. I, I, I saw Richard Horner here this morning, but I think he left, right? He left. Richard Horner, as you know, he is a fireman. And there is something that the firemen, I mean, the, 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 the firefighters do all the time. They are ready. Have you seen them? They go to that place, the station, they sleep for a few days, and they sleep on bed knowing that someday, sometime, at some hour, at some minute, a fire is going to happen. Do they know when it's going to happen? No. Are they ready? Yes. And when it happens, it sounds the bell and they run all drowsy, whatever they are, they run out and go. When they even go exercising, they go to La Sierra University, they go there and doing all the jogging and everything, they have a radio and the radio is on all the time. They go shopping to the market, they have the radio. When somebody calls, they leave everything and they go. That's what being ready means. Church, 
being ready is not coming to church every Sabbath and saying, I am ready. Being ready is being ready seven days a week. You take your radio, you take your connection with God every day of the week so the Lord, when he calls you, when he tells you this is the time, you are ready. And these foolish bridesmaids were not ready. Oh, we still have some oil. I'm going to be, oh, oops, I ran out of oil. You and I need to be ready. Because the moment is going to come that you, my, I mean, your Savior, my Savior is going to show up. And, and, and this is the beauty of all these passages. He's going to show up when you least expect it. And you're going to be buying oil. Remember that even the Bible mentioned that when the G- Jesus is going to come, they're going to be two women and, the, you know, and, 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 I mean, in the field, one is going to be, t- I mean, Everything's going to be normal when they least expect it. It's going to happen. The same idea is here. They thought, well, I have time still, so I'm going to go and buy some oil. He shows up. Everything happened. The fire is there. The ones who are wise are ready. And they go in to the celebration. And the door is shut. And then the Bible said after this, Later, the others also came, and they scream out really, you know, I mean, they shout really loud, Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't what? How many times have we read this thing? How many times when you read the, the, the chapter 25, we go back to that parable when everybody's in front of Christ and everybody's saying, I'm sorry, in front of the Lord, and everybody's saying, you know, Lord, here I am. This is my own version. Here I am. I went to church. I did this and that, that, you know, and he said, I don't know you. You can come to church. You can do all of those things. You can say you are a perfect Adventist because you've been here many years. Hey, amen to you. Good, but it's only for you. You keep it. I don't want it. The reality is that only that, I mean, you are going to get into heaven. You are going to be saved by the relationship you are going to have with your Lord. If you minimize that relationship, and you maximize all the things that you know. Wow, I know all the, all the books from LNG Y, and I know all the Bible, and I know I give all. If you maximize all of that, you are missing the point because you are trying to get the oil at the wrong time. And when you least expect it, when you think you are doing right and you are doing okay, then the Lord is going to show. And even if you come late, He's going to tell you those words that I don't want for him to tell me that. I don't know you. Do you know Christ? Do you know your, 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 your God, your Savior? I do not know you. But I went to church. I was at Orange. I was in charge of this department. I was doing... You should remember. You probably forgot. You're getting old. So many years, this eternal God. I do not know you. I do not know you. 
Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Up on top of that, when I, when I read this last passage, you do not know the day of the hour. You even remember? He said, I don't even know the day of, not even the angels. Who is the only one who knows? The Father. If he doesn't even know, who are you? Who are we to try to figure out? Oh, if we, because I received letters like that. Oh, pastor, by this time, this year, even Mexico wasn't prophecy. That's like, where in the Bible is that? Oh, Mexico is, pastor, this thing is happening. We are close. And I heard so many of those things. We are close here, this year, this time. Oh, sometimes they don't even say the year. Oh, sorry. They, don't, they only say the year, but they don't say the day or hour because that's biblical. You cannot know the, 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 the hour and day, but you can probably know the year. Oh, that's very, wow. That's very human, how we try to fix things. The main point that Jesus said in that last verse was, be ready, be watching. Live your life in such a way that God, that Christ is alive in you. Live your life in such a way that you don't look around for somebody else to follow or for some church to follow or for some great theologian to follow. You are here to follow Christ. Church, remember that. You are here to follow Christ. You are here to worship God. You are here to praise the Lord. You are not here to praise somebody else who has many years in the church. You are not here to praise somebody else because he's great when he's... You are here to praise the Lord. And he's willing to use you in the same way he's using some of us. What are you going to do? Oh, I still have enough oil. Come on, Pastor. I've been doing this for many years. I know I have enough oil. Be careful. God has a plan for his church. There's no doubt about it. He knows what the church needs. And he knows where this church is going. Do you know that? Is the question. Because he's coming soon. And he's coming for you and me. You know, the passage, the story after that one being ready, changes, and I'm not going to read it, changes to the one with the talents, meaning the work you are supposed to be doing as a church. And after that, finish that chapter with the one about the sheep and the goats, meaning your relationship with God needs to be strong. These last days are not going to be handled by you or me if we are not ready, if we are not, I mean, if we don't have a relationship with God and if we don't keep working because that was the church. The church that Jesus Christ brought to this planet and created and just started with 12 disciples, that's what the church needs to be doing. Getting ready. Working and having a relationship with God. 
If none of those things are happening in your life, maybe it's time to think about it. Maybe it's time to start thinking, what are you going to do from today forward with your life? Because he's coming. And when you least expect it, he is going to be here. That is good. You know why God is good? God is good because he leaves these kind of messages. I was talking with some of the youth. I was talking, you know, good things and bad things is always for the praise and glory of God. The things that we don't like, praise the Lord. The things that we hate, praise the Lord. The things that sometimes hurts, praise the Lord. Because you are being molded. You are being formed. You are growing to be a better Christian, a better person who is going to give the testimony of the one who died on the cross for you and me and is coming soon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for all the parables, and all the stories that sometimes seem to be so simple to read and understand. But deep inside, when we keep reading, we find the deep message that you have for us. Help us to understand that this church, that my brothers and sisters and myself, we all need to be ready. But not only ready, but also we all need to be working. Not being afraid that we are alone, but knowing that God is with us. And we all need to be having and creating and doing this relationship with you. So essential for our salvation. Thank you. Because you have called this church here in the city of Orange to be a light, not a little tiny lamp light, but to be a torch for others to see, for others to follow. Thank you. Because you have done so many things for this church and in my life. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this. Amen.